Blog Talk Radio. Footage, and we got in our supporters group 
All you do is you go to Southern Dirt Track Report, click subscribe, the blue subscribe button, and then it'll prompt you. And it's at least $4.99 a month. Anybody can afford it, you know. So we appreciate everybody that's in our supporters booth that watches our uh, featured race videos. Of course, already does Hattiesburg. And then I did Hattiesburg a few weeks ago when I was there. And then, of course, I filmed at Deep South Speedway, Tri-County. And then I film at Northwest Florida Speedway. And then sometimes I'll film at Why Not when I get to go up there. So, and then, of course, Why Not's got the big fall classic this weekend. So, for those who don't know, the uh, Rodney does not uh, put on this race. It's put on by the Thrash family. It's got the Mississippi Super Late Model Challenge Series. So, Charles Thrash and Miss Jamie Thrash, uh, they put on this race. They rent the track for the weekend and put on the fall classic. And super late models, if you like super late models, you will love this race. I think it's like 15,000 to win or what it was last year. Pretty awesome race. Scott Bloomquist won it one year, so that was a pretty big deal because they said Scott Bloomquist has been trying to win that race for years. And he finally won it one year, and that was cool. He, he's a legend. So if you're in the Mississippi area, uh, go to Why Not this weekend. That'll be awesome. And then if you want to see some awesome vintage, pure stock, uh, and uh, Junior Slingshot and IMCA Mod Racing and all the other awesome classes they got it. And uh, Fishway, go to Northwest Florida Speedway, see Scott Sessions. I'm hoping and praying I'm there. I get to film the races, but this is a big, big race for Northwest Florida Speedway. So y'all go down there. And got to give a shout out to Jason McMillan with the 110 Nation Sports for doing this podcast for me. Thank you. Thank you. So much for giving me a platform. Uh, be sure and go like the 110 Nation Sports on Facebook. Uh, go like our Facebook. And then thank you, Chris Creighton, with Race Chat Live and the House of Hook, Why Not Motorsports Park. Thank you, Chris Creighton, for what you do. And got to give a shout out to Robbie John, who my awesome friend who invented the race day for Fuel Arrester. Uh, y'all check out the website I built for Fuel Arrester. It took me a long time to build it. I got a lot of hours in building that website. I want to know your feedback. Tell me what you think. Be honest. Uh, and thank you, Miss Tina, Robbie's wife. She helped me with that. Uh, I didn't do it all by myself. Miss Tina did help me. So thank you for Miss Tina. And our website is RaceSafeForFuelRester.com. Check us out. we got a Facebook. Go like our Facebook because RaceSafeForFuelRester is the one that's uh, putting on this podcast. So thank, thank you to Robbie. And hopefully Robbie will get to call in and talk about the field arrestor and talk about racing. Robbie's been in racing a long, long time. He can tell you his history. Uh, his dad drove sprint cars back in the 70s. Robbie started racing himself in the 80s. And Robbie's got a bunch of stories in racing. And he'll also talk about how he invented the field arrestor, why he invented it, and stuff like that. So <clears throat> be so excited to get Robbie to call in. And if you're listening to the show, share the link because nobody's going to know that we're live on this podcast unless you share the link and tell people we're live. Because, I mean, you know, people have to know that we're live on the show. And if you're a call in, make sure you share it with your friends and family so they know to tune in and listen to you. we got Chase Montgomery and then, of course, Shan uh, Shannon and then hopefully Robbie. But Chase is calling in last. And the fuel arrestor is, of course, made in the USA. Uh, NASA grade material. It's a great, great safety product. Fuel fires are very scary. Uh, we've documented dozens and dozens of fuel fires on our Facebook. 
and don't just think to say, well, they just make the fuel arrester only. No, no, sir. We make we make a fuel arrester not just for the fuel cell. We make one for your battery. It goes around your battery in case your battery explodes to keep battery acid from getting on you. And then we also make uh, one for your fuel pump. It goes around your fuel pump. So if you have an explosion in front of your motor, then there you go. That'll, that'll help, help prevent fuel fires. And then, of course, we make the fuel sleeve. And whatever size length you want uh, goes all the way from the back of your fuel cell to the front of the car. Uh, make it as long as you want it. And then, of course, our main product is a race safe fuel arrestor. If fuel cell gets damaged or ruptured in any way, this will soak up a good bit of race fuel. It may not soak up all of it, and it will still take damage like anything in racing. It's not foolproof. But it's like our friend Kyle Jinks over there at Front Wheel Drive Friday said on his video of the one he bought from us. Kyle described it best. It gives you time to get out of the race car. It gives you time to get unbuckled and get out because, you know, it takes a minute to get unbuckled from these seat belts and get out of your race car. If your car is on fire, you know, I mean, that's pretty scary. And <clears throat> so the fuel arrestor will help prevent fuel from spilling from your fuel cell. So give me a call. My number is listed on the website and our Facebook. And now let's get to our first guest. And we got. Okay, so Robbie's listening. Sweet, thank you. That's my dude, man. Robbie's, man, Robbie's my friend. Thank you for listening. All right, so let me see. Let's get our first guest on. Let's see. Let me make sure. <clears throat> All right. So is this Shannon? Yeah, you got me. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm all right. Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing dang near skippy. If, if I if I was any better, I'd be the I'd be the golden goose. I lay a golden egg. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I'm glad you called in because I enjoyed it when you called in to Talking Dirt last year. And so this is pretty cool. So you race. So tell everybody what class you race. The Iron Horse class, right? Yeah, I race the uh, Iron Horse. Uh, late model class, stock like stock late model class. Um, run it. This be my second year. Um, it's it's fun. It's real competitive. Uh, class is growing, and uh, just like racing. I, I agree. I think, in my opinion, so I've never been huge on late models, but I gotta say. The Iron Horse class is my favorite late model class. It's the fastest throwing class because I know you race with my buddy Jamie, and there's a lot of good drivers. I saw Christian Porter got him an Iron Horse car, and he showed up to the last race. So that was cool. Yeah, so, and and I hated to see that he blew up. I don't know if he blew a regulator hose or what it was, but all I seen was smoke coming out the car. Yeah, uh, I seen it in the video. I didn't see it live, but I seen it in the video. Man, that was, I mean, it was like the last lap too. or whatever it was. I said he was doing pretty good, too, to be first time in the late Yeah, ball. Yeah, I, I was impressed. And I said, oh, there goes that, there goes Christian going down. And then all of a sudden I seen that big uh, smoke coming out of the car. I said, man, I hope he didn't blow that motor. I hope it was just a radiator hose. And he pulled off with like a lap to go. I said, man, that sucks, man. He just got yep. it. 
So where are you at in points in the Iron Horse? Be honest with you, I don't know. I've had some engine problems, engine troubles, and I, I got I was I got up to third, I think, and um, uh, had some engine troubles. I think I'm fifth, fourth or fifth or sixth. I'm in the top six, I think. I ain't, I ain't looked. <laughs> All right, tell you what, I'm gonna look. Uh, got you on my Bluetooth head, my Bluetooth uh, earbuds. I'm gonna look right now on my race pass on my phone. All right, so Tri-County Speedway, I got it on my favorites, which is awesome. Um, Tri-County Speedway is an awesome, awesome track. And I, I know you've probably seen my news the other day, but I forgot to announce this earlier. But Isaiah asked me if I wanted to be the announcer at the racetrack. I was like, oh, man, I, I can't believe that he asked me to do that. And and I and he had seen my race videos that I post on our page. and telling me how he liked the commentary and stuff and he's like hey i want you to i think you'd be good at it and i was like okay so he signed me up for the next <laughs> two races and i told him told him i'd do it that was that's cool <clears throat> uh, i think i seen it on you i seen it on your facebook post i said well heck yeah there you go i, I said you're gonna like that and i think the fans are gonna like it yeah i i think because like so one of the things that and and you're gonna get a kick out of this I'll have to show you one of my recent videos I posted in our supporters group. But I told Isaiah this, and this is so this is so funny. Like I've been doing this for several months now, my videos. But I got to give a shout out to Larry Falk because he he drives uh, drives a pure stock in the IMCA mods, and so you know everybody's got the joke. His car is the town of Bedrock, you know, Flintstone Mobile or whatever. So oh, yeah. all my videos. All my videos, I see that on the back of his car, and I thought, like, oh, there's Fred Flintstone going to come on the racetrack. You have a WD. Isaiah told me, he said, man, you got to tell him that. He's going to get a kick out of that. <laughs> yep. I just can't help it. Every time I see his car, I say, oh, there's Fred Flintstone going to come on the racetrack. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a weird-looking thing. It does remind you of a, of a Flintstone car, how tall that roof is. It does, and you know what? I think it would be freaking hilarious if he showed up to the Halloween race on the 21st and a car that looked exactly like the Flintstone, I mean, the same car, but painted up to look like the one Fred Flintstone drove, and then he wore a Halloween race suit as Fred Flintstone. Yeah. I would laugh. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Put it, everybody, get him a wrap with the Flintstone cars on the side and dress as Fred. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be awesome, and I guess I guess his I guess his girlfriend would be would be Velma, I guess. Uh, Wilma, I think Wilma. Wilma, that's I think Wilma. Wilma. I knew it was one of them. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So I'm looking at the points now. So Digi Hawkins is just destroying everybody. He's doing pretty good. He's five forty-four. Cade yeah. Cartwright, which is awesome. Kate, look, young Cade Cartwright's doing awesome. He's four seventy-two, second place. John Shavers. 395. Oh, shoot. You're not far out of third. You're 393 points, so you can pass John Shapers for the next race. No. Hey, might try it. Might do it. I'm serious. Man, I, I'd like to see you do it because you got your so what? Yeah, you're two points, actually three points away from taking third place from John Shapers. So that's cool. It's, it's, you could have a strong finish. Yeah, it's a, it's a competitive class, I'm telling you. I think last year I finished uh, second or third points too, and 
uh, and it's it's a good class. It's good. I, I'm I'm getting older, and I can't handle that momentum like the 602s and the 604s has got. So getting in that class, it took the strain off of me, and I can actually I enjoy it and have fun. I'm, I'm back having fun. That's the main thing. That's having cool. fun. That's awesome. That that's the way to be. So. Are you like Jamie and have you used WD-40 to get inside your race car? <laughs> I ain't got that for you. I ain't got that for you. But I, I ain't thought about that, though. That's a that's a good idea. That that that, that, that might help me a little bit better. Look, I, 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 I got to poke on it, Jamie. Because <laughs> it seems like it's because he lives like five minutes down the road from me or so. And it seems like that was one of the conversations recently about getting in and out of the race car because he's got two two late models he drives. One of them's his. Another one he drives yeah. for another guy. It seems like that was mentioned recently or something about WD-40 or PV Blaster to get in and out of the race car. I said, well, it might work. <laughs> it, it, it would definitely help to get out, I think. It ain't too bad getting in. It's hard getting out. Oh, I, I imagine after after riding 15, 20 laps, and then trying to get out, it's got to be slicker now, crap, to try to get out of there. <laughs> well, it's just your adrenaline is pumping while you're racing. Then when you quit racing, the adrenaline's gone. It's like your body just like, Ugh. and then when you try to get out of that car, it's like, oh, my gosh. That seat, <laughs> then, uh, full containment seats is wrapped around you real tight, and then you had them belts on you real tight, and it's just like a release, and then you... Your body just ain't got it in you to pull yourself out sometimes. Yeah, it just kind of suctions you. It's it just like you're just, uh, it's like, man, you feel like like a like a vegetable, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yep. One thing I, I one thing I'll say about Tri County is they they got an awesome track, awesome race service, and one thing I do like is I try to tell people. I've been to a lot of racetracks in my day. I've been to asphalt tracks, dirt tracks, and I've never been in a racetrack where you can go inside of one of your concession stands, sit inside with the air conditioner, eat, and watch the race. How cool is that? Hey, that's cool. That, that, that's that's one of the, I guess, one of the, the uh, 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 spectator draws we have is, uh, you could go inside and get you something real good to eat. We got some, I believe we got some of the best food of any racetrack around. Um, and then you can Ain't sit no inside the air conditioning, watch races, get done, and you can stay inside and, and watch, or you can go back out and watch. I mean, uh, it's got plenty of room for a lot of people. And you know, like, I can't really, I can't really eat racetrack food anymore due to my horrible health problems I'm dealing with, but I'll say this. Their chicken tender basket is cheaper than anybody. It's $6 for chicken tenders and fries, and it tastes so good, it makes you slap your whole family and your cousins. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think two weeks ago, two races ago, was my very first time having the butt fries. And oh. let me tell you something. I... I'm, I'm mad at myself for not trying them sooner. Them things, those are, oh, man, that's, that hurts somebody. Look, let me ask you this. Do you have a lot of cousins in your family? 
I do have a lot of cousins, a lot of cousins. Oh, well, you're going to be slapping a bunch of them next race, then you eat them butt <laughs> <laughs> hey, might get angry with me. Hey, look, it's one of those moments where you start laughing, and then you realize, uh-oh, I messed up after a minute. <laughs> That's right. And one of the things I've noticed about you is when I come to the racetrack, I got there super early last time. And for people that don't know, you run the water truck. So we'll see you run around in the water truck, watering the track, and then you'll jump off and jump in the late mile and go racing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I start on it. I start working on it at eight, 8 in the morning, and then uh, I I don't stop till it's time to go racing. And uh, I I have a lot of I got I, to me it's like uh, pride in the track. You know, it's it's part of part of my family, and uh, I tried to do I water that thing the best I think I could do, so the racers can have a. a a good track to race on and sometimes sometimes you put too much sometimes you don't put enough it's it's you don't know about that clay some days it'll take it good and some days it won't take the water at all and then you know it's uh it's a guessing game but it's it's something i I try to work hard at to make sure that the racers have got a good surface to race on so we can have that three wide racing for what Eight, nine laps, ten laps. This pure oh, stock yeah. race that one day. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look, and, let me uh, tell you. That was the best pure stock race. This is no lie. I got it on video, and you can hear me because I get animated on my videos. I get excited. I, I, I get excited. And that's I like that. <laughs> and, and you know, I get as excited as a fat kid at a buffet line on Valentine's Day. And. <laughs> Because you can imagine Valentine's Day is the busiest day of the year for restaurants. So you imagine this fat kid pushing people out of the way saying, my food, my food. <laughs> That's right. But anyways, so I'm watching this, and I'm freaking out. I was like, oh, my goodness. It was Wesley Holmes, the 52, Fred Flintstone in the three, and then the 11, Ethan Pickering. And yep. Fred Flintstone would take the lead one minute. And then and then Wesley Holmes had the lead for about a lap or two, and then Ethan would take the Ethan had the lead the most. He was on the high side. That's the, the best side, I've yeah. seen that track. I mean, it was three wide for at least five or six laps. And, oh, yeah. and I, I ain't gonna lie, I was pulling for Ethan because I always pick, I always do my little picks on my videos of who I think's gonna win. I was like, you know what? I think Ethan's gonna win it. And sure enough, he was going around there, and then about lap six or seven, he smacked the wall. And turn two, and then I had high. him on the show last week. What now? Yeah, he got a little high, hit the wall. Yeah, got a little high and hit the wall. And I'm telling you, if he hadn't hit that wall, I, I bet you, I bet you he'd have hung on and won that race. Cause I ain't never, I ain't never seen two drivers that could run Larry Falk like that. I mean, Wesley Holmes did amazing too. Shout out to him. And but that was a darn good race, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> And so y'all y'all got a mighty fine racetrack. I like all the changes you made to the surface and stuff. Give a little banking to it. And uh, I always tell people you got to watch out for the mosquitoes. They're as big as hummingbirds when you go over there. <laughs> yeah, the mosquitoes they get bad I told sometimes. Ms. Marilyn, I, I, was, I was joking Miss Marilyn about that because I had a post 
on Facebook, and I said, man, these mosquitoes over here as big as a hummingbird. I believe you just slap them, let's slap you right back. <laughs> Some of them will. I'm <laughs> and that's the reason why they call it the uh-huh. small. Yeah, exactly. That's why they. And you know, she was she was telling me. She said, "Well, she said, well, Chuck made sure and sprayed around the stands." And and the more I think about it, I bet them mosquitoes just laughed at that mosquito spray. <laughs> they tough. I. It was. I had to work on my race car the other night. I I, I done washed it and my power steering belt had broke. So I was going to change it, and uh, my race car stays at the racetrack, and um, uh, it was like 59 degrees, and they was up under my race car. I guess it was warm under there, and I was having to fight them things off because I let somebody borrow my bug spray, so I didn't have bug spray. I swear to you, it was like you just said, it was like slapping me back. It was like a boxing match. (laughs) I was like, I'd have to get up and take a break for a minute because it was like they was beating me up under there. I, if 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 you'd have stayed under there another minute or two, I believe I'd have picked you up and toked you off in that swamp, and we wouldn't have seen you again. Yep, they probably would have. There was a bunch of them, and I had my I I was, I was still in my work clothes, had my hoodie on, and they were still up trying to get at me. Jeez. I told Miss Marilyn, I said, look, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a bomb and just drop it off in the right outside of turn two and see what it does. <laughs> <clears throat> so we we go uh, uh, some stuff we're gonna try for the next year and uh to to ward them things off and uh we hoping it works but we're gonna see. Oh that's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. That's great 'cause um uh, uh that that'll help people out a tremendous amount, especially people that that that's parked in the pits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, so, a question for you is so. So, this is of course a safety podcast. And so, what do you do, or what do you prefer safety wise, or what would you like to see safety wise in late models, or just racing in general? What do you like to do? Um, you know, we got so many. I mean, it's but it's been around for a long time. The the different types of fuel. And um, like the, the like the slingshots, you know, they run that alcohol. So if they catch on fire, more or less, you're probably not gonna see them on fire. Um, I just like that the fuel arrester that you got, or like uh, like late models, like uh, most late models or newer late models, um, they have the fire extinguisher system on there. So when they when the temperature gets so high, it's gonna it's gonna kick on and put hope to put the fire out. Mm-hmm. Um, like sprint cars, I don't. I'm, I'm surprised I ain't got them already on sprint cars. But I think uh, fires are the worst part of, of cars catching on fire. Like I said, like your the fuel rusher that you that you promote, um, it's a it's a big deal. So when cars catch on fire, you got to get there quick, get it out, or or it could be bad for the driver um, and bad for other people too because. Uh, Fires can get out of hand quick, but uh, Amen. I mean, good fire suits. You need good fire suits. Um, you know, some sort of uh, apparatus or some sort of component that that'll help take care of fires just in case you catch on fire. Like when my car 
I thought it was catching on fire because I smelled oil, so I said, oh, if it, when the smoke come out, I thought it was catching on fire. I was getting out of that thing as fast as I could. I was unbuggling, and I was, I was trying to get out as fast as I could because I, I don't like fires, so uh, fires are scary, and they, and they leave a mark. Yes. In fact, uh, there's a video I shared on, my, on our Facebook page I'll have to show you. But this was a video from last season, I believe. Was it last season or this season? It's a sprint car race. And I don't, I, all I know is the story they shared with the video. But they had a, there was a sprint car. Somebody was filming and they only posted the clip of the car, but the car come around and you see it and the car is just slowing down. The car catches fire on the sprint car. And I'm talking about a big ball of fire. And all you see is the driver trying to get unbuckled because them straps take a minute and he finally gets unbuckled and he's on fire and he's dancing out there on the racetrack dancing around yeah 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 you can't really see it it's the invisible assassin as i call it and the other another sprint car driver just stops he jumps out of his car because the safety crew's not there yet and the other sprint car driver is stomping on him. He's trying to slap him to get the fire out. And finally, mm-hmm. the safety crews got up there. And that scared my mule. And I'm, I'm thankful that Robbie invented something like the fuel arrestor because it makes it for multiple applications like that. And fuel fire is yep. like, and you can ask, and, and I know you know my buddy Chris Hartman. He got, uh, uh, several years ago at Flomathon, he got burned uh, from fuel fires from working underneath his pure stock one night when he was racing. He was under there working mm-hmm. on it, and fuel got on him, and you can't see it. And he got burned, and he had to deal with that pain for weeks on that. Yep. <clears throat> fuel, fuel fires or any type, really fire, oil fires, any fires, it's, it's, That's right. it's bad for the driver. Fuel's the worst, and, I think. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I think so because you can't. It's just the 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 silent deadly assassin, and too many times that's happened where somebody gets burnt. Like for instance, they had one at Talladega Super Speedway a few months ago. This was the ARCA Series race. I don't remember the driver's name. He's pretty famous, but he smacked the wall, and he hit it so hard it just exploded and. He got sent to the hospital in Talladega and got third-degree burns on him. And Derek Lancaster, that's who it was, Derek Lancaster smacked the wall so hard and he got third-degree burns from that fuel. And I haven't seen an update of how he's doing now, but I know he did. He was good enough to really send him to the hospital. So we yeah. got – so as Tri-County has two races left in the season. So you want to talk about those two races? Well, I do know we got the uh, the hayride coming up on the twenty first. Need to get kid, get, tell everybody to get the kids out there to get them some candy, get to ride through the pits. And uh, most drivers give out like um, they give out candy and sign pictures of the cars. It's like a meet and greet with the drivers, but you get candy too. You get to ride on the uh, behind the tractor on the hay, you know. And, uh, and then we got the legacy, which is our year end race. Um, I believe it's we having it on a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, we had it on a Sunday last year because it rained Saturday, and we had like a church service, and we had drivers and fans and family there, and that was that was awesome. 
that was an awesome event to uh, be a part of on that Sunday because of the everybody getting together for church, having church service, and then we raced, and it was just a it was an awesome day. But uh, we got and that. They got, the, <clears throat> they got the new Legacy T-shirts going to be coming out. They look really good. I'm I like them. They are sharp. Uh, and uh, Fred McCall is going to be the new addition to the shirt. Um, and uh, he, I think he should be there Saturday night, and they're going to probably do a little interview with him. And uh, But it's uh, I think it's two nights of racing, Saturday and Sunday, and so get everybody to come out and see one heck of a show. That's great. And I like what you said about the Sunday service because I, I think I missed that one. But that's pretty cool. People go to the racetrack to hear Jesus. What better thing to hear at a racetrack than hear Jesus? It was it was something to be at. It was, I mean, there was quite a few people in there. You know, race car drivers and 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 uh, fans and uh, a lot of folks in there. And it was it was uh, really nice. I mean, it was that's great. So, what's the payout for both? For both races. Now, I I don't I don't keep up with that payout. Um, I don't know okay. much much about the money part. <laughs> I know oh, every okay. class okay. is big money. Um, I think uh, 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 Todd Neheiser from Panama City, uh, I believe his towing company sponsored some money to the oh. modified race, and it's a thousand to win. Uh, for the legacy for modifieds, a thousand to win. Wow, um, and that's discount towing well, in Panama City. So if somebody needs any tow work done, hit Todd up. That's right. Hit him up. He's a racer right. himself, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking he's gonna be there be there to uh, try to collect too. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool to see him race the IMCA. Yeah, he, so I think he won. That's right. Wanted a few weeks. He won one the the races uh, modified races we had here a few weeks ago. I don't remember which one, but he, oh, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So before we uh, before we let you go, you got any sponsors you want to shout out before we get you? Um, just got my advanced recycling environmental recycling the company I work for. Uh, got them. Uh, Tri County Speedway, TSL Trucking. I think that's about all I got on there. Uh, Bridges of America, a guy sponsored me, and he put that on there. It's like a, a rehab for, for folks or a, like a call center for when you're having, having some problems with your addictions. And um, uh, I think that's about it. That's all I got. Wow, that's awesome. Okay. And I'm sure you can find each one of your sponsors on Facebook, and they have a website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for calling in. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I have to do it appreciate again. It. And, and you, yeah, yeah, you can call in anytime. You can listen anytime. Every Thursday at seven. Sounds good. All right, appreciate it, y'all. Yeah, that is I'm... all right. Oh, I don't know if I cut him off there or not. Sorry about that. But that was Shannon Martin, uh, Tri County Speedway. That's great, man. Shannon's a good dude. I enjoy talking with him, seeing him at the racetrack. So next on my callers list, and Shannon can listen to the rest of the show if he wants to. I got two more guests. Uh, next we have Robbie Johns, my awesome friend Robbie. So 
Let's see. Let's give a crowd cheers to Shannon. And then we got Robbie. How you doing, Robbie? Man, I'm doing all right, Jared. How you tonight? Man, I'm doing dang this, Skippy. God's great. That's good. Yes, he is. I'm proud of you on the uh, announcing position you got there. That's pretty pretty special, man. I I know you'll do a good job for him. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that means a lot hearing that from you, and I'm super glad you called in. It means a lot, lot that you called in because this is a cool, cool deal. And, of course, it's uh, sponsored by the Great Safe and Fuel Restroom. Uh, so I'm I'm super glad you – because tell everybody your race in history. <clears throat> Man, I don't know if we got enough time. <laughs> <laughs> but I started uh, – well, my dad raced, you know, down in uh, – we lived in Lakeland, Florida. My grandfather owned a parts house, and we was a feed parts distributor, and um, it was called John's Distributing Company on Massachusetts Avenue, right there off Memorial Boulevard. And it was he kept it open for about 50 years or so, and my dad, it closed down, and, you know, all them little old advanced auto parts and Rose auto parts and... Auto zones, they all kind of put the old-time parts houses out of business. You know, they could buy stuff cheaper and <clears throat> sell it cheaper. And We just uh, moved along in life. My dad retired. and uh, But he used to race uh, there in fun. We used to run the very start of the TBRA, the Tampa Bay Racing Association. It was for the Sprint Cars and the First World Outlaws. They started down there around Tampa at East Bay and... <clears throat> We used to run there. He'd run dirt, and he'd run asphalt, and he won on both of them. Matter of fact, him and Jan Offerman are the only two in the IMPCA Winter National Series that had wins on dirt and asphalt. Wow. That's awesome. It was like in, I don't know, 1977 or somewhere along there. But I was a kid, mm. you know, growing up along there and going to all them racetracks and living with all them, you know, legends every weekend at the racetrack. I didn't know it as a kid until I got older. I was like, wow, man, I didn't know the people I was around. <laughs> but they were, yeah, they were all, now like, they're all legends. Yeah, they all treated you like family. I mean, I, Jan and Offerman at the fairgrounds, we used to go to the Tampa Fairgrounds for the Winter Nationals, and, you know, he would take time and talk to the kids, and he was always talking about Jesus, and um, he just was a really, really cool fella. And uh, he'd tell you, you know, he said, well, i got to get back to work now. And, he, you know, we'd stand around there and watch him work on them cars and get things ready. And Ray Leakman <clears throat> used to come uh, stay with us. Um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He's, a, you know, one of the out west racers. They'd come to Florida and uh, for the winter and race down there. Funny story about Ray Lee, and uh, they called him Sully. <clears throat> they were uh, tuning the injectors on my dad's sprint car getting ready to go to the track. And my dad was at work, and Sully and uh, Ray Lee was in the garage working on the sprint car. So they got it all ready to tune it in and everything, and they pushed it off down the street. And Ray Lee goes down and makes the turn, comes back, and it was kind of up a hill grade going into the garage and had oil dry on the floor floor of the garage. So when he turned the corner there and come in the driveway, he hit it to go up in that garage. And when he did, he hit the brakes and slid through the garage knocked the washing machine and the dryer out the back of the garage, laid in the yard. My dad pulled up about that time, and Sully's telling Ray Lee, says, man, 
you got to get, we got to get out of here. Bobby's going to kill us. And my dad come up and said, what, what the hell's going on here? And he told him what happened. He said, well, damn, did you hurt the car? And my dad wasn't worried about the, the washing machine and the dryer and the, the whole backside of the house tore out. So he said, we got to get this thing loaded up and go to the racetrack. So they went and, and uh, raced that night and the washing machine was out in the yard. <laughs> We always picked on uh, Ray Lee and told him that he put uh, my dad's washing machine, the only sprint car driver ever, to put a washing machine on the pole. <laughs> he took that washing machine out of commission. They sure did, man. It knocked them out. You know, it was just old wooden uh, concrete slab foundation with wooden walls, you know, two before walls <laughs> and had wood on the outside of it. And it, you know, wasn't nothing for it to go through it, but. It was just the fact he slid through that whole garage and, and knocked all that stuff through the washing machine and all that out in the yard. And to top it off, he wasn't even worried about the washing machine. He was worried about going to the racetrack with the car. <laughs> yeah, Sully thought my dad was going to kill him because they didn't tow up the back of the you know, garage and all. And my dad, the first thing he said, well, did you hurt the car? And he said, no. He said, it just <laughs> mashed the bumper there a little bit. And they pushed it over and we loaded it on the trailer. And off to uh, Tampa Fairgrounds we went. <laughs> tell me, please tell me he won the race that night. No, I don't think we. Uh, I don't think we did good that night. Uh oh. <laughs> That's a we buzzer. We run in three hundred two high wind motors, and they. Uh, sometimes we <laughs> had motor trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they turn that thing. 95, 9,800 RPMs down straightaways. I mean, them sprint cars was, they were something back then. They had those side pipes on them and man, when they'd come by the straightaway, they run methanol and everybody would be crying and holding their ears because they were so loud. <laughs> Golly, you can see, but, that's a different time back then than the sprint cars they got now. They've come so far. <clears throat> I don't know. Them sprint cars now, them 410s and 421s and all them big killer motors they got on, they're pretty stout machines. But even so, back in the 70s, they ran big blocks also in those cars. And it wasn't nothing oh. to see a, you know, a 427 or, you know, in the, in the sprint you cars. Know, wouldn't it be cool to own one of those old original sprint cars with a 427 in it and it still ran? I'd love to find it. My dad had a, a a very famous car that Wayne Rudeman drove, and it was the double zero, and they called it the Cash and Carry Sprinter because Cash and Carry uh, Supermarkets, they used to sponsor the car. Well, it was a unique car because it was a CAE car, and they took the cage and had it the same uh, company that used to nickel plate the uh, shopping carts. Well, they took oh, the whole cool. frame and cage and all down there and had it nickel plated, the same thing as in shopping carts, and uh, <laughs> it was painted a maroon. And my dad bought it, and then he put painted painted a, a tangerine orange, and that's when he wrecked at uh, Palm Beach, and it caught on fire and flipped. He was leading the race, a fifty lap race. They was thirty five laps in it, and uh, he was uh, straight away ahead in the lead, going to win it for sure. And the three X car of uh, Jimmy Dodd blowed on the back stretch, and he run into the oil, didn't know it. And it spun and flipped and landed up against the wall and caught on fire, and uh, he got out of it. But um, they rebuilt the car, and it was painted a blue and yellow then. 
And everybody always asks, to man, why was your dad's cars always blue and yellow? You never seen a blue and yellow car. And the reason it was blue and yellow is because he was stationed in the Navy in Pensacola. And he oh, always loved them okay. blue angels, those jets. And we always painted those cars the same color as what the blue angels were because that was, he always called it his jet. He wasn't a pilot, but he worked on them, and he said that was his jet. Oh, that's a cool story. I, that's really neat. That's some nostalgia racing history right there. <clears throat> yeah, and then he cars up until, I don't know, 79 or 80, and he used to run, he would bounce back and forth. We'd run sprint cars for a while, and then we'd run late models. And um, back then they had those Chevelles, like a 65 Chevelle, and they'd put a 57 Chevrolet <clears throat> frame up, or a 55 frame, I forget what it was. It was some trick they did to use the frame out of a, a 57, I think it was. And they would put it under that car and, and make them work. Wow, that's cool. That is that is rated R for redneck right there. I like that. <laughs> and then later on, he <laughs> went to uh, the super late models. Um, we had what was called a Bop chassis, and then there was a War Horse chassis he got from Georgia. And then um, we had Red Farmer come down and stayed in his camper behind the house where the washing machine and the dryer landed. He came down <laughs> and stayed in his motor home and built my dad a brand new uh I wanna say it was a CJ Rayburn back then when he was or maybe a junior Hanley. I think it was a Hanley chassis or no, it may have been Dylan. I think they were in dealers for Dylan back then. But anyway, Red Farmer uh built him a whole complete car. He won a pile of races with it. It was a red Number twenty one. Wow. Red Farmer. And of course, I bet he, you Red remembers that. Well, remember I told you about it when you was at uh Talladega there with a with his yeah. crew and you was telling them about it and they remembered it. Yeah. Red was always a good yeah. friend of the family. Anytime I was at Daytona or whatever, I'd always see Red and he he was always glad to see me. As well as I was That is now. cool. Because Red Farmer, I, I I didn't get to meet him up there. I wanted to so bad, but they said he was in the he was in the stand either in the stands or in the tower that day. But but they and Red still races a late model at ninety one, ninety two years old. Let me tell you what that old fella right there is tougher than any lighter knot that you ever pulled out of the ground in the woods. They don't make them like Yes, they don't. So but, you got started racing in the 80s, didn't you? Yeah, 1987. I got married, had a kid, and bought a, or built a dirt <clears> car. <throat> I took one of Chevy Havard's old Novas, and we threw it together, and I finished second in my first race, and I won my second race in Novice. Wow. wow. Flomerton Speedway. That's awesome. Yep. See the bull ring. Everybody knows Flemington Speedway. That is one of the favorites that everybody loves. But sadly, it's shut down. Was you always the thing everybody always said? If you could go and win at Flemington, you could go just about any racetrack in the world and win. And that's the honest to God truth. If you could figure out how to get around Flemington fast and win, you could figure out any track in the world because it, it was high banked. It was fast. You, you constantly was. You know, you was either on the gas or the brake or you was moving the steering wheel. There wasn't no lag time in it. So you you had to stay on the ball. And then 
one night where I got so mad they hit me and spun me out in a heat race. I started in eight. They dropped the green flag, and we had two laps to go. On the last lap, <clears> when uh, everybody went into turn one and two, they all got down to the bottom, you know, trying to hug the bottom to protect it. Well, I stayed in it wide open and went around the outside of everybody, and I passed Scooter Grice going in turn three and uh, turned in front of him and come down the track and won the race. And even the flagman, he, old Dale Chavers, turned around shaking his head like, where in the world did I come from? And uh, <laughs> I won that race from eighth to first in a half a lap. Wow, that's awesome. So how many wins did you get at Flomerton? I don't know how many I had at Flomerton, but at one time it was like 180 wins. I had won all over. I mean, I've raced in Georgia and Alabama, Florida, North Carolina. I went all over the place, and I just didn't race one track. We Once <clears> I left here, I left the dirt and moved to Jupiter, Florida, and I started um, building a late model for asphalt down there. And then from there, I raced the Florida Pro Series a couple races, and then I went up to uh, North Carolina. And I raced with them up there, Kenley, and over at East Carolina Speedway and at uh, Wayne <laughs> County. It's dirt now, but it used to be asphalt. Wow. That was a tricky track, too. I bet it was. Was it a big track? No, it was a little small track. And uh, banking on it was just kind of funny. You, you just had to learn how to get around it. Wow, that's awesome. So you said you out of all your wins, you have like 170-something wins? No, it was over 180 wins I had. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> so you, thing so you raced everything. About the, go ahead. Everything what now? Well, you back said, you said everything everybody was talking about. The, yeah, they give away the trophies and sign and all. And heck, I was doing that in the 90s. You know, all around, I give a lot of them trophies away because, man, after a while, they just become dust collectors. You know what I mean? The best time you have uh-huh. with a trophy is the time that you won it and at the Waffle House. After that, that trophy becomes nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the Waffle House is a redneck's friend. When you leave the racetrack, you have to go to the Waffle House. That's just the redneck way. <laughs> either hungover, tired, and wore out from the races or whatever. The Waffle House is the hangout. Because, I mean, I I can't remember who it was. It may have been Kyle Larson. No, it wasn't Kyle Larson. Ricky Stenhouse may have been recently. It was one of them had won. It was one of the NASCAR drivers had won at a dirt track. And they were so proud of that trophy that they took it in the Waffle House with them and were showing it off. The two most memorable trophies that you'll ever have is the first trophy that you ever win and the last one that you ever win. You know, that's 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 a good way to look at it. Um so tell everybody so you you race everything from sprint cars to asphalt super late models to to street stocks. I mean, you can do it backwards blindfolded and still win the race. So tell everybody how you started the Race Safety Field Restaurant, why you started it. I was living in uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina, and I was going over on the uh, during the week. I would drive over and uh, spend the week with Tom Fox. I'd work there at Laughlin's, and we moved around all over the place, different shops all over, rebuilding, repairing those cup cars. 
And I got in a little gig where I was going down there and working on the side, you know, helping in the crew and the pits and whatever. Well, I was with Rick Crawford that weekend, and uh, we were in his pits, and they had just had a pit stop, and this was the very first Craftsman truck race in 1990. I mean, in 2000, sorry. And uh, they took off, dropped the green flag, had a caution, everybody come pitted, they all filled up with fuel, went back out. And they throwed the green. I forget about how far in the race it was. But anyway, throwed the green flag. Trucks went around. They made a couple of laps. And then next thing you know, we heard on the turn and uh, coming out of the trial over there, right by the flag stand, Jeff Bodine got sideways and went up in the wall. And the truck just exploded. They was pieces went everywhere. The fuel cell come out of it, caught on fire. It was a big old blaze across the fence there. It burnt 12 people in the city of that. But they... There was 12 people got burned on the front row of the stands from that fuel. And then the fuel cell goes tumbling and turning and flipping and just rolling, and it ended at the end of pit road. And it was still on fire, smoking and smoldering. And Jeff's truck was tore all to pieces. We just knew he was dead. And it, I mean, that, there was no way nobody could survive that wreck. If you go look up them pictures on the Internet, it, it was a really, really bad crash. But everything in the truck done its job. Wow. But on the way back home from North Carolina, I was thinking, I was like, man, that was bad with that fuel, you know. No, no matter what, you get in a wreck, the top comes off of it. it it's it's all in the car. It's all in the stands. It, I mean, it's a danger for everybody around that car. And I got to thinking that there had to be some way to be able to encase the fuel container so that no matter what happened, it would at least absorb or try to absorb or deflect the fuel from going to the driver or somebody in the stands. And what I came up with was a ballistic nylon outer shell with an absorbent liner on the inside. It don't hold all the fuel, but it'll hold most of the fuel in that tank. And most of you short track cars like these uh, street stocks, modifieds, you know, they just got that bell top that clicks on there and it locks and that's it. Well, if that thing deforms any kind of way and a crash gets bent, you know, or, or whatever, uh, that cap comes off, well, you got an open fuel cell that'll dump every bit of that fuel and, God forbid, they die down. Um, cool. But most time what happens is that bell cap will come off and it'll squish the tank and the fuel will just overflow out of the tank down on the track and car and everywhere else. And then it just takes a spark, you know, to ignite it. And I was going to tell y'all, everybody's so scared of alcohol alcohol is actually a safer fuel than what regular racing fuel is because if you'll do an experiment take and put one drop of fuel on a plate or the floor or whatever put a couple drops down there and hold a lighter over it and just keep holding it close getting closer 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 until it ignites it'll ignite way up above because the fumes is what burns on it alcohol you actually have to get the fuel i mean the flame down on the alcohol before it'll actually ignite and you know wow. <clears throat> well, i forget his name what's the guy with the sprint car stuff wayne uh, uh he did a demonstration in a cup he poured some in a cup alcohol and fuel <laughs> and showed the effects of it, how bad explosive and fuel is really explosive uh <clears throat> i designed this fuel container behind if you take a glass bottle and fill it with fuel, if you throw it against a brick wall, it's going to bust, and when it busts, it's going to spread all over down that wall. If it caught fire, you'd have a massive, <clears throat> you know, lake there of fire burning. 
But if you put that glass bottle in, say, like a big wool sock, thick sock, and throw it against the wall till it busts and it soaks up in that sock, mm-hmm. it's in a much smaller area, easier to contain, and you got time to get out of the car. Um, I had a meet with NASCAR mm-hmm. with this thing, and I don't know, it was a couple weeks later back when Earnhardt Jr. Uh, backed the SCCA car in those tire barriers and it caught on fire and burned his leg. What happened, it knocked the neck off the top of the fuel tank and squeezed it, and the fuel run down the rocket panels of that Corvette down in the tub and caught on fire, and that's what burnt the bottom of his leg. If he'd had one of my containers in it, it would happen because it would have contained it, kept it from running, you know, down those rails and stuff. And uh, I don't know, there's there's a lot of fires I see where, you know, when they they squeeze that, break the top off and squeeze that tank, that fuel goes everywhere, and there's just no telling where it'll go. If it, if you're knocked out in the car and it soaks you down with fuel, you know, it, it's a bad situation. And a fuel fire is one of the worst injuries you could probably get in racing because, you know, a broke leg and all that heal up in a few weeks, but a burn, man, it takes you a year or so to heal up from a bad third-degree burn, and it's very, very painful. I mean, it's just, to me, I don't know why, you know, it, it makes sense to me to have the fuel contained, just, I mean, we wear a fuel, I mean, a fire suit to prevent you from catching on fire. You wear a helmet, keep banging your head. You wear gloves to keep burning your hands off. You wear shoes to keep from injuring your feet. Why won't we contain the fuel before it ever gets a chance to get to us to have to use all those products? You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. That's a, and, and, Another cool thing, tell everybody the story about Jimmy Spencer, Mr. Excitement, using one. Oh, yeah. We went, um, which, of course, you know, I live in Baker, and it's not that far to Panama City, and that's where uh, James Finch, uh, back when they had the Yellow Freight number one bush car. Oh, yeah. They were, uh, they had it based out of Panama City, and me and Johnny Allen's really good friends. I met him through, you know, NASCAR and working the pits and racing and everything and i asked johnny to uh put one of my containers in his car at woody and he said yeah i said but you have to come down and install it so i went down there and installed it they went to bristol won the race and everything was great it held up under competition it didn't cause no problems there was no extra weight to it um everything went fine and fantastic other than one thing nascar said it wasn't an approved device for them to race you know, to have in the race car, so they banned them from using them, and uh, we didn't get to put them in any more cars. But I also had Red Farmer put one in uh, Jason Jarrett's ARC car, I don't know, back around <clears throat> 07, maybe, 05, somewhere along there. And uh, they did wow. a big deal uh, on NBC with it, NBC Sports, and it told about the container and all, but they made a mistake at the end of it, and they never mentioned my name, they just mentioned Safety Clean. Well, I was working with Safety Clean, you know, there at the racetracks behind the scenes. So, wow, I wish they would have mentioned your name because I tell people all the time. I don't care who it is. When I tell people about the fuel restaurant, I show them the flyer, give them the demonstration, show them my videos, whatever. I always got to make sure and tell them that you're the one that invented it because you're the genius behind it. Without you, there would be no race safe and fuel restaurant, you know. So I, I think you deserve all the credit for inventing that because not just anybody can invent something cool like that. <clears throat> well, Jared, I appreciate that, brother, and that's all and well. 
But the only thing I would like to see out of all of it, I don't care about being, you know, recognized or being some great this or that, whatever. The only thing I would like to see is these drivers that's injured that you see all over the United States in these short track cars and these local racetracks. I would like to see them run one of these and keep them from being injured in those burns that they do get. Um, take, for instance, the one, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember right now. But anyway, the one at Pensacola, the fuel cell come out of the one uh, late model. Oh, it okay, five-flake speedway. It bounced up, went between the tire and the windshield, and it squeezed all the fuel down the dash in there on top of him and give him third-degree burns before he got the car stopped. And that was – that uh, that was – it wasn't Joe Gibbs' wasn't grandson, was it? No, it was uh, the uh, Bonnets. Oh, that's Neil right. Bonnets. Yeah, but that's right. And that was just, what, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a five flag speedway. It seems like yeah, I I remember hearing about that story. That's pretty scary. I wish I wish more people took fuel fire serious instead of joking around. Oh, it won't happen to me or blah blah blah. You know. <clears throat> well, you know, I went to Charlotte Motor Speedway and had a meeting with Humpy Wheeler, and I um, was just overwhelmed being up there in his office on top of Charlotte Motor Speedway. But I spent probably a good hour and a half, 45 minutes in there talking with him and showing him this device. And I showed him what it was, opened it up. He, I sat back and got quiet and let him talk. He sat there for about 15 minutes looking at it, and he finally said, he said, Robbie, he said, I have to tell you, that's one of the slickest things I've ever saw. He said, you know, I was in a uh, part of uh, – inventing the original fuel cell after fireball roberts got killed him and the uh firestone rubber company is the one that actually invented and made the very first rubber bladder with steel can on the outside of it and he said the thing he liked about my deal was it was something that was uh different and it was a added solution to what they had came up with and that he thought it was a very good product Wow, that's awesome because Humpy Wheeler is a legend. Like, I think he's on my friends list on Facebook, and everybody, anybody that knows anything about NASCAR knows that Humpy Wheeler is a legend. Like, like Richard Petty, he raced for all them back in the day, you know. One of the finest men I ever met. I, I really enjoyed that meeting with him, and um, he really gave me some good insight. He's the one that told me to just don't worry about, you know, he said NASCAR had, you know, 60 cars that any time that could show up at the track and trying to market to those 60 versus the millions that's out here in the short tracks every Saturday night and I got to researching and looking I was like man he's right there's a lot of fuel fires at these local tracks that you just never really hear about you know unless people like y'all you know do something about it and, and of course social media now has really brought things to light where everybody can post pictures and this and that and you know, you really get a a, thing, a a grip on exactly how bad fuel fires are. And the fuel cell hasn't changed since the 50s when they invented the first one. It's still a rubber bladder with a steel can. They made no improvements to contain the fuel 100% or even 80%. You know, it, it's, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, and it's a, a very vulnerable piece, but it's better than a steel can. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's a lot of safety products out there, 
And then I've even seen the fuel cells that have the, the gel in it. But there's nothing, in my opinion, that compares to, to our product, the fuel arrestor. I It's just my opinion. I think it's the best fuel safety device in racing. That's my opinion. <clears throat> well, the fuel arrestor also contains the lines and everything that's involved with that can. The fuel cell itself, even with those gel packs in it, if the net gets broke off of the tank, they're still vulnerable. You know what I mean? That gel pack ain't going to do a thing. The only thing the gel pack will do is if it knocks a hole in it. And, uh, you know, ours is basically the same thing. The absorbent liner wicks that hole up, and, you know, it'll divert start soaking it up before it actually let it go out the hole. We did a test in North Carolina at the uh, NASCAR Safety Center up there and where we dropped a fuel cell off of a, a trailer. One, Well, matter of fact, the NASCAR trailer, we dropped it off the back deck of the NASCAR trailer onto some spikes, and it was up to 13 minutes before any fuel come out of those holes. Wow. Now, fuel of uh, uh, racing suit is designed for up, and then it starts yes. deteriorating, even a 5A suit. Um, those little old cheap Pro Band ninety nine dollar suits. I mean, they're they are only good for up to one or two seconds. But can you imagine in a fuel fire? I mean, in a fuel a wreck with a fuel leak. You know, you had thirteen uh, minutes before any fuel would come out of this hole. Ain't that something? And see, people don't want to skip on safety. If you go, if if you want to buy cheap, then you spend ninety nine dollars. But if you want to buy something quality. You're going to pay for what you get. That's like with the fuel arrestor. People got to understand, you don't want no cheap dollar store quality in racing because you want to save your life. You want good quality stuff. <clears throat> well, Jared, you could probably go down there and buy some inferior material. Uh, I, when I built, like anything I do, I'm in a construction and welding business. Everything I do is to perfection. I don't build anything, you know, half jacked. And when I started out this venture of building this thing, I expected to market it to NASCAR and in, just anything that's got a fuel cell in it, or I mean, even a boat needs one of these fuel arresters on it. And when I started out that venture to make it, I wanted to make a product that was the very best material that you could buy. And that material just so happened to come from the firefighting industry and NASA. And it's it's the best material, cut-resistant, tear-resistant, puncture-resistant material you can get on the market. There's nothing better in the world you can buy than this material that we use. I agree. It's NASA-grade material. I mean, if they, if they use it and firefighters use it, well, then trust us to use it. You know what I'm saying? Well, we use it with uh, fire retardant thread. I mean, it, it's a very well-thought piece, you know. It's not some junk that you're going to buy. That, You know, it's not like a dollar store item. It ain't going to break two weeks after you got it. That's it, right. And, and I, for, you know, I, I love it. I it's, think it's, it's a great idea. And I, yeah, it's designed to last. And I tell people it's made in the USA. You, you're not going to. You're not going to, I mean, if you want cheap, then you buy cheap, but you're not going to, it's not going to protect you in racing. That's like seatbelts, helmets. People spend all this amount of money, like you'll hear it all the time. I bought a Zamp neck brace. I bought this. I bought that. And they talk about the brand names. Well, maybe one day, race a fuel arrestor will be in that list of categories. 
But people people need to look at it and say, hey, this is quality just like that. If you're willing to spend quality, say $400 for a zap neck brace. So our fuel arrestor starts 16, 22-gallon fuel cell at $399. If they can spend $400 on a zap neck brace, surely they can spend $400 on something to keep them getting burned in a fuel fire. <clears throat> Well, my dad always told me if you got a $5 head, you buy a $5 helmet. Exactly. Your dad was smart. <laughs> <laughs> but true, I mean, it's all, laying all jokes aside and everything, it, it is, it's a very good product. It's the very best product you could make out of the material that we use. Um, it's all American-made products. Um, it's made in J, Florida. A uh, little lady with a sewing factory over there makes them for us, and she does a fantastic job. She's a professional, been sewing for many, many years. Um, she's got things that she done to it to help keep it from, you know, being, I mean, it makes it stronger the way that she sews them. Um, it's just a really good product, and unfortunately in our day and time, inflation and everything, I mean, we really don't make a whole lot off of them fuel containers, but, you know, I wanted to, uh, to be somewhat affordable and I wanted it to be obtainable to people and I wanted, you know, to save people's lives with it because I, I mean, you can get infections from, I mean, there's just all kind of bad, bad things that come along with just getting burnt. It's not like Until, a, a cut that'll heal up next week. That's right. And, and so tell everybody uh, the different applications we make it for, because, you know, one thing I hear is, oh, just fuel cell only, but no, we make it for more than just fuel cell. <clears throat> yeah, like the sprint cars, a lot of problems with the sprint cars is those pumps and the lines, they get, you know, they'll break off for whatever reason, come apart inside the car, and you're sitting there right between your legs. Um, they come off the back of the motors. Um, we sell a sleeving that we make. Um, however many feet you want, we'll make that sleeving up. It's so, you know, much per foot. Um, and we cover the lines. We got a cover that goes around the fuel pump itself. Uh, it kind of shield, keep it away from your legs. And, um, we just, I mean, we make it for everything. We make a battery cover. We got a fuel pump cover. Uh, just anything that there is that, carries fuel in that race car we just about make it and, and cover it and uh and make it safe for you, and you know you come back right in yeah and speaking of the battery i wish i had it on video but i only caught a little bit of it and i think i ended up deleting it because i didn't think a whole lot about it but now that i look back at it at deep south speedway a few months ago I, i've mentioned this several times kevin saucier drives the the triple x car <laughs> uh, factory stop and he come up deep south. That's the first time I've seen him up there race at deep south. But he come up there for one of the big races they had. May have been the Forever 51 Chandler Shaw Memorial. That may have been when he came up there. But anyways, he was driving, and he had just a regular conventional battery like you buy at the auto parts store. It wasn't a jail-proof battery. And all of a sudden, I seen this huge explosion in his car. And, wow, just made this big boom. And his whole car lit up on fire in the back end. And, and then... So I was curious about that. I was trying I was trying to rush over there and get on video with my phone and then I I went and tracked him down in the pits and saw where he was parked at and a real nice fellow and I was talking to him and telling him about the fuel register and asking what happened. And showing sure up the battery exploded in his car. And sometimes it's whether it's a cheap battery or it could even be a name brand good battery. 
they not like those six-proof batteries, and we can make that to fit that battery. But when it explodes in his car, you can ask him, and he'll tell you about it. That was scary looking. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that battery acid goes all over. I mean, you just there's a lot of bad things with, you know, the fires and knocking the fuel pump off of it, and then it just sits there and siphons and empties the fuel cell, you know. Um, yeah. The the fuel arrestor, like like he said, like Robbie said, fits all kind of applications, not just the fuel cells. So, so don't just think, oh, they make it for fuel cell only. No, we make it fit any car. If you want to, if you want one for a go kart, we had somebody reach out to us about uh, do uh, maybe getting one for a go kart. And I think yep. it might have been Dave Chisholm that was talking to me about that. But you know, even a go kart junior slingshot, it doesn't matter asphalt. Uh, anything that's got a fuel cell in it, or even a stock a stock class with a stock fuel tank, we make one. Doesn't matter what size it is, how oddball. And then of course the fuel lines just let us know what size fuel hose it is. We can get the sleeve to fit that. <clears throat> we can even make them for radio control cars and airplanes. Keep them from damaging the body when they catch on fire. Let's <laughs> see. There you go. It's a it's a great safety product. And I think it's cool that Robbie thought to invent that because up up until this point, nobody's thought to invent that. And then, like you said, on the the gel fuel cell that I've seen, well, if that goes off, it just leaves a huge mess everywhere you got to clean up. And with this, there's really no mess. It's one-time use only. And if it saves your life, then shoot, it's worth it. Then you just throw it away and buy you another. Not only that, just the, you know, Jared, the fuel, the burns, that's the biggest thing. You ask anybody that's been in a fuel fire how excruciating that pain is, and they'll tell you, just like Joe McCloy that uh, got burnt in that street stock car, and it burnt it burnt his hand so bad that the bone was sticking out the end of the, you know, meat on his fingers. Oh, oh, uh, I hadn't heard that story. Ooh, that, that hurts me, though. One of my pet peeves is people that race without gloves. That is the stupidest oh, thing you could ever do is race without gloves because it ain't the part that you can't feel the steering wheel. That That's bull. You, you get a nice right. pair of gloves, you can feel toilet paper and wipe your butt with it, you know. But the <laughs> thing is, is when that car did catch, if it did catch on fire, uh, say you had an oil fire, you know, the oil pan exploded, blowed oil all in there and it caught on fire. All that roll bar padding and plastic, that stuff is melted now, and you're reaching around in there trying to get your belts undone and trying to get out of that car. And a friend of mine one time in uh, North Carolina, his car caught on fire like that from an oil fire, come through the hole in the floorboard. And when he reached over on the center bar to get up out of the seat, his hand, that plastic stuck in between his fingers. And when they pulled it off, the meat and all that come off, and you could see the bone in his fingers. Uh. And if he just gloves on it, it would have prevented that but that's the biggest danger i see racing without gloves is that fire anything happened um you know the car is hot already you're gonna get burnt getting out of it well it's like it's like so i, I mentioned this to you and i've mentioned this before on the show my good buddy daniel sullivan his dad tim sullivan told me this and i've had a lot of people that and i think i just think it's dumb i think it's stupid i think it's ignorant people not wearing gloves and they, they all give the same excuse. Well, I can't feel the steering wheel. I can't pull my tariffs. Well, Tim Sullivan had the perfect 
example for it. And he's raced for a long time like Robbie has, and he knows. He, he's raced at Deep South Speedway all over. And Tim, Tim told me, he said, look, he said, I don't have no problem wearing gloves and pulling tear-offs. You know what I do? He said, I peel, I, I get my tear-offs, and I bend it just enough, just enough at the right angle where I can grab it with my gloves, and I don't have a single problem doing it with gloves on. And I wear gloves. I said, man, that's great. Yeah, there's a lot of dangers in racing people take for granted. And, you know, you just, that old adage, oh, it ain't going to happen to me. And, and it's and nothing it's it, nothing to joke about. No. There's nothing to so, so, generate. That's right. And really, the only thing that's shown us guaranteed in life is Jesus Christ. I agree with that. Because Jesus, look, look, this is what I tell people. So, all right, so let me read this verse here. All right, so let me... All right, so I'm on our website right now, RaceSafeForFuelRestorLLC.com. And so let me log in here. All right, let's see. Race Safer. Wait, let me go back in here. All right, Race Safer Fuel Rester. All right, there it is right there. Pull the website up. All right, so on the logo that Ron Southern made, shout out Ron Southern, Hasbro Speedway announcer and track chaplain, also racing towards Jesus Ministries. Thank you, Ron Southern. Making a logo. But the verse is Psalms 4 8, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's pretty cool. So it makes us think about safety. And the the verse that I really, really like, it, it, I like better now, and that's a good one. But Tina picked this out, which is Robbie's wife. And this is Isaiah 43 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched nor when a flame burn you. And so that's from the New American Standard Bible. So I, I tell people all the time at the end of the show when I read this that Jesus is our safety net because we put God first. And I feel like the fuel arrestor should be your safety net because we put Jesus as our safety net. Why not let us get you a safety net and the fuel arrestor and then let us, we can tell you about Jesus too. <clears throat> that's right. So one more quick story I want to ask you, and then I got Chase Montgomery coming on. Um, okay. So you you shared a while back on our Facebook page, and I've shared a video too. Uh, Steve Grissom. I remember growing up watching Steve Grissom in NASCAR. I forgot what track of the video, but he was in a violent wreck, and the fuel cell broke out of the car and slung across the racetrack on fire. Can you tell me the story on that? Yeah, I think, was it Charlotte or maybe Daytona? One of them, he uh, got crossed up and come down right in front of uh, the end of Pitt Road, corner of that wall, and, uh, man, it rung his bell. That was a hard hit. And uh, knocked the tank slam out of it. Wow. That's crazy because, you know, Steve Grissom drove the white 23 car. Yeah. You did I don't remember if it caught on fire or uh, if it just knocked out spraying that fuel, but it, it was a dangerous, dangerous could have been a dangerous situation. But yeah, yeah he uh, he clobbered the end of that, uh, the end of pit road there where <laughs> the uh, wall comes out. They had all them tires around it. 
That's crazy. Um, I'd have to go back and find it on our page, but yeah, that's nuts. So before you before you get off here, I'm gonna read this flyer. Of course, we've already talked about what it would do. So the prices are three ninety nine for the dirt and asphalt cars that are non quick fill, sixteen twenty two gallons fuel cell. Yep. And then four ninety nine for the dirt light model thirty two gallon fuel cell. Five ninety nine for the asphalt uh, light model quick fill. And then call for pricing on the fuel sleeve wrap and one for the fuel pump and battery. And then, of course, call for pricing on any other size fuel cell. Um, you know, we can make them for whatever kind of race car. So. Yeah, and on the sleeve, and it just depends. We need to know the diameter of hose you're trying to cover and the length that you need. Then that way I can, you know, quote how much material it takes because, you know, a half-inch line cover is going to be you know a lot cheaper than what say a two inch line cover so it just really depends on how big the diameter of the hose that we're covering and the length of it that you need that's awesome that's great that's great of course we have an email you can email us at right face and fuel register at outlook.com of course the website is uh facebook.com slash right face fuel register and uh, that's our Facebook. And then, of course, RaceAprilFuelRacerLLC.com is our website. And if you're dead, dead serious about wanting one and you want some more information, you can give me a call at 251-589-4900. you got any questions, uh, because Robbie knows more about the racing stuff than I do. He is a genius when it comes to – but you heard his story about how long he's been in racing. He can tell you the screw size. That's how, that just tells you – you know, how good he is on his racing stuff. So if you got any questions, ask him. He'll be glad to answer you. <clears throat> well, thank you, Jared. I appreciate that. I, I don't know everything, but I have been to a few yard sales or two, you know. <laughs> and one, one of these days, and, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everybody that if, if you're praying, please pray for uh, Robbie that he gets uh, his back messed up, needs back surgery. So if y'all would, Give him a prayer, and maybe one day when you get your back fixed, we can see you back in the race car. Oh, you can bet. If, uh, as soon as I can get some surgery or something, get some relief from these two discs that's been gone for 11 years, uh, I ain't too old to hold a wheel. I still know how to drive. <laughs> that's awesome. And so, and, and, and be sure and put Robbie on your prayer list at church, because like he said, his two discs have gone out in his back, and, I can't imagine the pain you're going through. Like I've I've got a lot of foot pain dealing with my foot for almost two years. So, but it it, it probably nothing compares to how bad your back feels. It's uh kind of like Chinese torture. It's a pain that you deal with no matter whether you're asleep or awake. You know you're moving, <clears throat> you're still. It always hurts, and it's been vertebrae on vertebrae for eleven years now. So I don't wore it down to where the nerve is. I just have to be real careful what I do, but I still go and we weld and I mean, I build, we just come back from Fort Myers beach and St. Pete building uh roll stops for the forklifts at these marinas. And I had a, uh, had my old buddy <clears throat> tattooed to great. I don't know if y'all know him, but y'all give him a shout out and check him out. He has got some hilarious stuff he does on construction. Any of you guys that do construction work, everything he does pertains to everything we do. And uh, you'll get a big <laughs> kick out of him. He's a he's a funny guy. 
a hell of a welder, one of the best welders probably in the world that I know of. So, yes, Tattoo the Great. Y'all go like his Facebook. Look up Tattoo the Great on Facebook. He's got like 200-something thousand followers. Pretty big deal. And so uh, so he shouted us out the other day. He shouted Robbie out in the Fila restaurant, talked about it, and told everybody where to go find it. So that's pretty cool. So tell everybody sure, before, before I get you off here. Wait, did what now? I said I sure did appreciate him doing that. Yeah, that that that's a pretty cool deal. So tell everybody before we get y'all, tell everybody about your business, what the name of it is, where uh, if they can contact you about doing some welding or whatever, and then of course how you know Tattoo the Great. <clears throat> well, we do. We can weld and fabricate anything from a building to a picnic table out of steel. Um, we just kind of mm-hmm. custom weld and fabricate for people things that they need, uh, whatever it may be. We do weld and repair on big equipment. We uh, main thing we've been doing now is traveling around to uh, these marinas, and we do what's called a roll roll stop, and it's you know a couple pieces of three quarter inch plate with mm-hmm. an angle on it, and it keeps the forklift from running off in the water while they launch the boats. And um, I've known Tattoo, I don't know, a couple of years just back and forth on Facebook and joking with him and uh knew that he had started working for himself so i called him up and see if he wanted to go work with me down there and he said sure so we hooked up went down there and had a blast that's the first time i've had a good time on a job in a long time that's great that's awesome so what is the name of your business the name of my business is robert john's industrial services robert john okay so Oh, uh, you want people? If if anybody has any business, you want them to message you on Facebook or call you, or <clears throat> uh, they can call me on my cell phone. It's eight five zero four two eight three six two two. Give them a free quote bid. <clears throat> um, anything they may need. I mean, we welded on log trucks and cutters and <clears throat> backhoes and bulldozers. We do hard surfacing. We used to work in the recycling plants, doing hard surface on the on the crusher mill, and uh, we just do some all of it, Jared. I've been doing it since on my own since 1997. I've been in business, so I've been doing it a pretty good while. Wow! So you've been doing it ever since Moby Dick was a sardine. You dang right. <laughs> my motto is "Have shield, will travel." <laughs> so. Is there anybody you want to shout out, Tina? Anybody you want to shout out before you get off? Man, the biggest shout out I want to give out is to you. I appreciate everything that you do with the Race Safer Fuel Arrester and this broadcast here and and your coverage of the races. I mean, hell, Jared, racing would be pretty boring if it weren't for out you, you know? I appreciate everything you do, brother, and I appreciate all the racers and i appreciate everybody shout out to us if you're not ready to buy one at least call us and we'll talk to you about it and uh get something worked out that's great and then of course and and of course i I tell people on the website that i built i didn't do it all myself it was tina and tina helped me a lot she knows a lot about that stuff so shout out to tina for helping me oh thank you she was glad to do it it was a learning experience for her as well and Y'all done a great job. I mean, it's it's a up and running thing. I mean, it works just great for us. So, um, 
I'm proud of y'all. Well, thank you. And, 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 you know, Tina, Tina's got to put up with Robbie, so she's a huge help. <laughs> That's a strong woman, son. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> she's Look, been she's by, by for the capital T. <laughs> now, she is tough. She'll put you in your place if you get on her toes, but she's a good woman. <laughs> I love her death. Wouldn't trade her for 20 new ones. They'd just be 20 new headaches. <laughs> Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you called in. So we're going to get our last guest on. If you want to keep listening, you can. So, but thank, thank you, because this has been super awesome that you called in. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad I was able to, too. I'm sorry I missed the past couple shows, but I got I made this one. So, Hey, you made it. Hey, look, this is, this is the best one. So. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that, Jared. Anything I can do for anybody? Don't hesitate to call me. I'll put my number there. You can reach me on Facebook under Robbie Johns. J-O-H-N-S is my last name. Um, I'll help you with anything that you need. All right. Well, thank you. <clears throat> All right, brother. Well, All you right. have a good so, night. En- enjoyed being on right, here, We'll Jerry. see you later. Thanks. All right, brother. You. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Robbie. That's my friend, man. Me and Robbie go... Go back quite a few years uh, when he was still racing at Flomaton and Deep South. And, ooh, it's, I've known Robbie four or five years now, maybe a little longer. So <clears throat> that was great. Thank you for calling in. That really meant the world to me that he called in. This has been a great podcast so far. So what's up, Chase Montgomery? How you doing, my friend? Good. You got me? I got you, man. How you doing? Good. Uh, other than... Last Saturday, the draw, I'll, I'll tell you that later. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, what I just found, what I found <clears throat> earlier during the show, uh, uh-huh. Scott, Scott Bloomquist might be racing next weekend at Eldor for the Lucas Old Championship. Really? So, yeah. <clears throat> for those that don't know, Scott Bloomquist was recently diagnosed with cancer which is pretty sad, and he hadn't raced since. So this is a big deal that Scott Bloomquist may race his race. I had no idea. That's cool. <clears throat> Eldora posted it. Okay. Well, go to Eldora's Facebook and check that out. That is cool. Okay. <clears throat> so have you ever met Scott Bloomquist? Uh, I don't think so. I was there for the World 100 last year when he, I think he raced. Uh huh. Well, that's cool because I've seen him race only a handful of times, maybe two, three times, and I've had a chance to meet him. I just never did. I was always busy, and then I was always kind of a little nervous going around because you know he's a big deal. He's got like close to a thousand wins in his career in dirt racing. He's one of those guys, kind of like Robbie. He could win a race backwards blindfolded. <laughs> So, other than that, uh, Clay, let me go to the Clay Hill page. So, Clay Hill Raceway, right? Uh, Clay Hill Motorsports Park at Wood, Tennessee. Okay, Clay Hill. Okay. You know, one of these days, if, if me and Robbie ever make it rich, I'm coming down there. I'm coming down there to one of your tracks, man, Clay Hill, whichever one, 
I'm going to come down here. I'm going to hang out with you and just watch some racing up there because I ain't never been to a Tennessee track, and I hear they're a lot of fun. <clears throat> Sounds good to me. Um, they're paying 500 for my lot this weekend. Ooh. And... <clears throat> Ones that don't know what a monolite is for kids, really, they, they kind of like a, got a, like maybe a, a go kart motor or something in there. They're kind of small. <clears throat> yeah, like a little Kawasaki motor or something in it. Yeah. So <clears throat> they're on the card this weekend Hummer, Statue Stock, Street Stock, Modified Sportsman, 602s, and plus the it puts the mod lights. That's cool. Um, so mod lights, I know just a little bit about them. I've watched plenty of racing videos of them. And I got to give a shout out to Matthew Treifenbach, who come on Talking Dirt last year. Uh, Matthew Treifenbach is in the Air Force, and he races over at Northwest Florida Speedway, Tri-County, Deep South. He races all over. He's got an IMCA mod now, but he was telling me that before he moved down to this way in Florida, or down the Florida way, that he raced mod lights. And that looks like a fun little class to watch. <clears throat> and so, uh, Clark's for, not this weekend, the next weekend, for 602, uh-huh. they're paying, they're paying 5000 and then 1500 for Supers. They run Supers wow. every week. Oh, so they got so they got a regular class of supers then. Yes, it's like Quicksilver. It's a like okay. There, I just got maybe a couple years ago or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, Quicksilver. Yeah, that's a big company. I've seen I've seen them before, so that's cool. And the Clarksville, the ball, the fall brawl race, the street stop was. Really good. I enjoyed it. I'm not going into details about that, but uh, Clayton <clears throat> was going to win, but I won't say it, but uh, who won? Oh, Cody Hodge won the stones or something. That was the memorial for Donnie Hodge, their family. I was happy uh-huh. to win for that. Wow, that's great. Well, that's Herndon. cool. Um, oh, the Atwood Outlaw, T.J. Herndon. <clears throat> yeah, so he got second Friday, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't run Saturday. Okay. Well, I've seen. Speaking of T.J. Herndon, I've seen him race quite a bit because he's got the street stock and he's raced all over with the street yeah. stock. So that's pretty cool. So, do you ever get to see Gary Tucker race? I've seen him a couple, and he's he's been to my tracks. That's cool. I like I like Gary Tucker. I met him at Talladega. Actually, I've um, yeah, I think it was Talladega Short Track, the Hornets Nest. I met him at. We was talking about the fuel arrestor. It's been uh, oh, yeah. almost two years ago or so. He's a nice guy. Now he's got a modified. He races. Yep. <clears throat> well, I'm about to I'm about to say something about Talladega. They got two thousand oh. the win for modifieds this weekend. Woo! That's a lot of money. If you got a modified, then then Talladega Short Track, that's where you need to go. 
So and which church are you going to this weekend? I'm planning on going to Clay Hill if I can get if I can get way up there. <laughs> okay, cool. And you said you're watching the race right now? Slow night America. It's been pretty good. They had a big pile up a while ago. Ooh. Hudson O'Neill's <clears throat> leading. The real deal Hudson O'Neill. That yep. kid is like I, if I had to guess, isn't he your age, around your age, or younger? He might be. I'm not sure. I know he's fairly young, and he's won some races in that super, super late model with the Lucas Oil Super Late Model Dirt Series. That's pretty cool that, that Hudson O'Neill's racing there. <clears throat> oh, and there's another race I'm about to talk about. October 28th, this is a mortar race. It's at Thunderhill. Uh their street stock is 5000 and their factory stock is 2000 and I think their 602s are 2000 Wow. <clears throat> Man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, so well, I do I a podcast uh, Tuesday night, so any uh-huh. driver that wants to be on it, 7 o'clock, I could do it any day, whatever works. For you, uh, so any drivers that want to be on the podcast, come my way. Uh, send me a message on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, that that's cool. I hate I missed it. I was doing something. I tuned into the first part of it and didn't get to finish it because I was at a meeting. I think it was, but that's cool that you started a podcast. Cause and and Chase, man, me, me and Chase uh, become good friends and and. He's somebody I think highly of, and I finally got to meet you at Magnolia at the home of the Black Eyes, and um, that's cool you started your own podcast, and another cool thing I forgot to mention is that my buddy Artie, the owner of Southern Dirt Track Report, he got Chase to join our team, the Southern Dirt Track Report, so whenever Artie gets it set up to where Chase is on the page, he'll be able to share his local tracks races to promote them. And another thing cool that already mentioned today, if you wanted to do it, if you wanted to go live on our page on Facebook on the Talking Dirt show, and then you could interview some drivers on there too if you wanted to, then you'll have two platforms you can. <clears throat> and so hopefully he'll get that figured out. That was, I was... Yeah, because like, so, so uh, he was dealing with a password or something. Is why he hadn't got it set up yet. He's trying to fix that. But but when he gets that fixed, he'll get you on there and you where you're uh, where you can post on the page, and then you can make individual posts. You can, and one thing I like to do on my post when I make a post on there, I like to put my name at the end of the post. That way they know who shared the post and who it come from. And then like, whenever he gets it set up to where you can go on there, you can go live on there for the Talking Dirt show, and then you can uh, have as many drivers as you want to interview on there. You can go an hour or whatever like you did the other night, and you could interview them. And yeah. I think that'd be cool because you could get a big platform. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds, that sounds like sounds like a plan. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so what is your favorite class of race cars you like to watch? <clears throat> mm, when it comes to when it comes to Street Stock National, that's what I love watching, like, and like the uh, 
street stock championship at Why Not for twelve thousand. I'm going to try to watch that. Oh, look, let me tell you, that is, I don't get excited about big races very often. And because a lot of them end up just wreck fast and people wait for one one big race to get their car ready. They get their car ready for one race and it gets destroyed. So I'm usually not a big race fan. Sometimes I am on certain races. And, And that one is a race I look forward to every year, the Street Stock Nationals. I got to give a shout out to Chris Creighton, the announcer. Got to give out Shannon Ayers, race director, and then Rodney Wing, the owner. Super great people. And, and like Chase said, the Street Stock Nationals is the race of races. What they have, like over 300 Street Stocks this year. Uh, no, excuse me. They had not 300 Street Stocks, but combined Street Stocks, Factory Stock, Pure Stocks. It was some astronomical, like three, 400 cars or something. Heck it was. And that's just two that's just that's just two classes. I like holy cow crap, Batman, that's a lot of cars. <laughs> you see, that weekend I wasn't gonna go to a track but I was like I had a track close to me. I was like I was like I I'm like, I don't really wanna go racing but it's like hard and I, I end up doing it because the track is only like 10 minutes from me. I'm like, it's hard not to. Right. I mean, it's, it's, look, you're like me. You're addicted to dirt track racing because when you hear the word dirt track, well, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no birthday party, no anything. I would, I don't think I would be such a track. <laughs> Unless it, it has to be like emergency like a or something that I have to Right, do. right. And and you know, something I've been telling people is like I find I find r- racing to be better than football. So uh so like I tell people I say, man, why would you watch a football game when you can be at a dirt track hearing high horsepower race cars slinging mud or even in an asphalt track, slinging rubber all over you, there's nothing that beats going to a dirt track. I'd rather watch that than watch a bunch of grown men tackle each other. And and I like football to an extent. I like mostly high school football. And then every now and then I'll watch a roll tag, go Nick Saban, you know. Yeah. But other than that, I just think racing's where it's at. Yeah, I've told a lot of people. These like ball games and sports. It's kind of stressful. I said racing is a little bit less stress unless you are racing, you know. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, it's to me, you go to a dirt track or an asphalt race, and it's just a way to unwind, to forget about the stresses that happen during the week because, I mean, we're human. We're always going to have some kind of stress every now and then. I know I do a good bit, and I may not I may not say it all the time on Facebook or whatever, but I do. And when I go to the dirt track, I forget all about that stupid stuff that happened during the week, Me and too. I'm in my happy zone. <laughs> yeah, ain't that awesome? <clears throat> I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm reading now. I was like, heck, I ain't even thinking about it. <laughs> I mean... That's it's just a great feeling to go to the dirt track and or any track really. I 
I ain't got nothing against racing. I I don't understand it. People bash asphalt racing all the time. They say, oh, asphalt's for getting to the dirt track. No, you're not going to hear me say that. I'm just happy to go racing. I don't care where it's at. Like I said the other week, if you want to get a horse and buggy and go and paint a number on the side of that horse and say, yeehaw, giddy up, then I, let's go racing. If it's racing, I like it. <clears throat> yeah, I can get a, give a couple shout-outs to Justin Newman, the Clay Hill owner. I'm like, I like him as an owner. He's got a lot of excitement stuff coming up this winter. But he told me should get like a studio up at the track and let me like interview drivers like either before or something. Oh, yeah, that's the, cool. The internet kind of sketchy there, but he's hoping next year something the fiber thing will be there. And oh yeah. He, yeah, that's it. He told me he was excited about uh, the upgrades this winter. Dude, that's cool, because if they get that fiber optic internet, that's the fastest internet you can get. So that would help yeah. you a lot to be able to do interviews. That's pretty cool that he asked you to do that. And I'm going to ask him sometime. I'm like, how about heck, I'd like to interview drivers like, after, like they win or something. I'm like, I'd like to do that, you know. You know, that's a good idea because, like, I got like, I to give a shout-out to my friend Ron Southern, the announcer at Hattiesburg. I mentioned him earlier. And one of the things I like that he does at Hattiesburg Speedway when he announces is he has a wireless mic, and he goes out through the pits, and he stops at every single pit, pit stall if he knows the driver, and he asks them, say, hey, you got any prayer requests? Uh, and And if they do... He writes them down so he can remember to pray for them. That's pretty cool in itself. And then he has the wireless mic, and then he can turn it on, I guess because it's got long range, however long range you get. And he, he can turn it on and interview drivers. And I, I think that's perfect for you to get one of those mic, wireless mics and interview drivers after the win, you know. Mm-hmm. See, see, everybody says I'd be a good announcer, but – Sometimes I don't know how to keep a mouth shut, so it's not so it's not good for me. <laughs> so, That's funny. I yeah, yeah. You you like the uh, the Energizer Bunny keeps going and going and going. <laughs> I'm like I got a couple of drivers I like, and if somebody does something to them, I'm like I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> well. I can, I can say this. You're, you're not my top ten list of people that talk too much. I actually have a top ten list of people that talk too much, and I got one that's on that list that talks so much it's just a run-on sentence. Like, there's no periods, no commas. <laughs> but you're far from that, so I'm sure you'll do all right. Yep. Well, that's awesome. So you got anybody you want to shout out, girlfriend, anybody? I just give my girlfriend shout out and thanks thanks for her come and watching last Tuesday and everybody that did come watch thank you and her dad Matt Matt White uh, the court promoter for telling me good job and everybody too and wow Joe Russell the Camden owner's son for coming on my podcast for the interview and Charlie Ray Howe. 
And, you know, Charlie's thing is, I've never personally talked to him or met him, but, like, I like his, he's in a wheelchair, and I like his post. He says, racing for those who can't. And he's in a wheelchair and still races a dirt late bottle. If that ain't inspirational, I don't know what is. I love his history, what he says about how he got, like, with racing. When When he's paralyzed, still does what he loves. Wow. So he must have gotten a wreck is why he got... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Wow. Man. And that... So how does he... So how does he get in his light model car? I think he has a... He has a thing. I think I've seen a little different, like, how they, than some people get in. Uh-huh. I think he has, like, a door or something. He goes in. Oh, that's cool. Okay. That just goes to show you, like, like I see his posts all the time on Facebook, and that goes to show you just because you're in a wheelchair or have this and that, man, you can look at him, and that will show you you can do anything. You can accomplish anything because if he can write a light model being paralyzed on the waist down, Man, that ought to be, and he's won some races too. Yeah, and I, when I hear stuff like that, it kind of gets me emotional a little bit. Cause yeah. Like, I feel I feel bad for him at the same time, but I'm glad he's getting to do what he loves. That's right. And you know, I if if I ever meet him, I ain't gonna lie, I'd be like you. I'd get emotional just meeting him and hearing his story. Oh, uh, because I ain't gonna lie, that would that's that would that'd be a touching story to hear. And so don't go back and watch the replay on Chase's Facebook to hear that. But wow, that's cool because uh, it goes to show you that, like the Bible says, you're not promised tomorrow. Anything can happen. And to see that he's paralyzed and to see that he still loves racing. That's really cool. So, to, so shout out to Charlie Ray Howell. I love that slogan that says "Racing for those who can't." Mm. Yep. Well, that's cool. So, before I get you off, you got anybody else you want to shout out? Not, not particular. Okay. I was going to say. Okay. I, I was going to say. Uh, I see them all the time at the. Track. When I go to Hornball, that's where he usually races at. So uh-huh. I'll go say hi to him when I see him. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And if if so, when <clears throat> whenever Artie gets you on the page, set up on the page, if you wanted to go live and interview him at the racetrack, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, I appreciate you calling in and. uh been a good show, and I, I thank you. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, we'll have a good one there, Chase. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right. Thank you, buddy. That's awesome. So that was Chase Montgomery. Thank you, Chase. So this is the end of the show. So I'm going to play this uh, song, Leave Our Man, while I end the show. We went longer than normal, but I don't care. Uh, I got a long, I got a pretty good time slot, so. 
I usually try to go an hour. This one's right at two hours. I don't care. This has been a great, this is by far my favorite one that I've done. This has been an awesome, awesome podcast. From Shannon Martin to Robbie calling in and Chase Montgomery. This has been a great, this has been one of my favorites, especially uh, with this race-safe fuel arrester. So, uh, of course, I read those Bible verses earlier. I was at 4-3-2 and then, of course, the other one. And <clears throat> so, and let me find that one last verse I didn't read and I always read. I'm going to play the song to end us out. And let's see. I got saved to my phone. I got the Bible app. So if you want to cool out, download the Uverse Bible app, man. It's awesome. You can save pictures. Uh, different Bible verses have different pictures attached to them. So you can save pictures. I do that. And then you can do Bible studies. Uh, there's all kind of cool stuff you can read on there. There's videos you can watch in your Bible studies. Of course, you can read the Bible, too, on there. Or you can do the audio where, they, where you have a voice talk to you, read the Bible verse to you. So that's cool. So I love this one. I got the picture here, Acts 20, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Isn't that awesome? If anybody that knows me knows me personally, I love telling people about Jesus. I ain't no Bible scholar, and, I, and I, I don't read my Bible like I should, but I do pray all the time. There's not a day goes by that I don't pray and thank God for what I have. And I, I, I got to get in and read my Bible more. And But I love doing this podcast where I get to talk about Jesus, too, because it's pretty awesome. Without God, we got nothing, you know. So uh, appreciate, appreciate everybody coming on. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Shannon Martin, and, of course, Chase Montgomery. Oh, so let's play the song and go download this song, Amazon Music, Levi Man. Hit him up on Facebook. He's got an artist page and a personal page. Tell him Jared sent you. And go play this music video, Letters in Red. So we'll play this whole song and we'll end the show. See y'all later. God loves you. Jesus saves. Bye. Yee
So you better tell the devil step back when the Lord turns me loose. When I'm running in the night and I can't see the light and I don't know where to go. I just get my feet of God and it shows me where to walk to get out of these crossroads. And when the devil talks back and tries to attack, I just grab him by his head. And I change out my sword, that's the word of the Lord. And I speak those letters and read those letters and read. Grandpa said the day that he died, loved God with all he had. And he passed that dream down to me, that's why I praise him with all I have. I tried to run away, but I don't run today I'm walking by his side, by side, by side. And I was all astray Until he took it away from the thief in the night These seem got a story to tell him every mile that they've been But every mile had a lesson that I learned And I'm never going back again When, when I'm running in the night and I can't see the light and I don't know where to go. I just get my feet to God and He shows me where to walk to get out of these crossroads. And when the devil talks back and tries to attack, I just grab him by his head. And I change out my sword, that's the word of the Lord. And I speak those letters and read those letters and read. Those letters in red.